Welcome back to A Walk Across Texas State. It's Tori, and I'm joined by Zachary. We are releasing the final episode of our special summer series today, and it's all about senior year. Our expert is Ross Wood, who is the Assistant Director for Career Education here at Texas State's Career Center. And we talk with him about things to know when applying, the do's and don'ts, all that good stuff. And we really hope you get a lot out of it. And so to kick us off, Ross, I'd love to know what you remember about your senior year. Great question, Tori. What do I remember about my senior year? That uh, makes it seem like it was a really long time. It does. Like, so, it what, yeah, so what are you saying there, Tori? <laughs> um, um, you know, I think probably typical um, is all of a sudden the reality check that, uh, you know, life was coming at me about 100 miles an hour. Uh, and the end of my college career was there as well. Um yeah, is trying to figure it out. You know, interestingly enough, uh, being here in career services, I thought back on my time, um, and I graduated from Sam Houston State, uh, and was thinking back on that time of how did I use, or wait, wait was there a career services office? How did I use them? And I did remember that there was an office, mm-hmm. um, but at the time they, uh, and I'm sure they had a lot more services than I did take advantage of, <laughs> um, but they allowed that you could drop off your resume and they would keep it on file for you like forever is what oh. their what their spiel was. Okay. So I remember working on the resume. Um, I don't even remember what it looked like at the time now, but uh, but I took it there to keep it on file forever. It'd be interesting, you know, if I follow up now and see if it's on <laughs> on file there. Still there, yeah. But um, but you know, I didn't use those services. Now for me. I happened to be working on campus. I uh, was working in residence life, so I knew that that was, you know, there were options to work on campus, mm-hmm. and so had the opportunity to work with the admissions office, um, mm-hmm. and so stayed on campus um, for a little bit and got a chance to run orientation programs, and so just kind of stumbled into that because I was involved on campus. I mm-hmm. uh, was involved in orientation and was involved in residence life and just kind of fell into it, but I didn't have a plan. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's you know been the reality, and that was a reality of a lot of my friends too. Is mm-hmm. again, this train is coming towards you. That's called reality, and we're about to graduate. And now, what are we going to do with the rest of our lives? And uh, just kind of stumbled into it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you got into admissions, and then you've had a very very good and great career in higher education. And so you can definitely see how that like little seed kind of planted a bunch of stuff for you moving forward. Absolutely. And, you know, and I did a chance to work in higher education, left higher education and came back to it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's interesting. Just, you know, those little nuggets Mm -hmm. of of, uh, things that you kind of stumble into and your path zigs and zags. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you all of a sudden realize you look back is, oh, I had a kind of a career Uh, (laughs) by happenstance sometimes. Yeah. Zachary, what about you? What do you remember? Oh, senior year. Um, I just remember being very scared, um, <laughs> very, very scared. And then, you know, I think we talked about this on the podcast before. Um, I just happened into grad school, mm, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, obviously I, I sent an application and everything, but it literally <laughs> was on a whim. And that's how I ended up at Texas State and, okay. and in San Marcos. But if you look back at my, what you'd call like last year of grad school, I was in the same exact place that I was mm-hmm. <laughs> my last year, mm-hmm. you know, of an undergrad. And I think that is because I didn't have a plan. You know, I happened into higher education as well, but I think that's why it's so important and you'll find a lot of us in career services are such advocates for students having plans ourselves or because we ourselves didn't have <laughs> the greatest of plans and we've mm-hmm. been there. Um, so just kind of thinking about that, we've, you know, we've talked about freshman year where mm-hmm. we really want students to 
begin to search and look at different career paths and maybe different majors and stuff. We've talked about sophomore year where we're saying you should get involved and start building out that college resume. Um, Junior year, we've talked about internships and, and different things like that. That's the best case scenario. But this is for our seniors, right? And so this is for our seniors that maybe didn't do all of those things. They've done half of those things or maybe they've done them all. What can they start thinking about now as we, you know, school starts in a week, right? Mm -hmm. What can they start doing right now to really set them up to maybe have a little bit better plan than I did in Ross? (laughs) Yeah, and I agree with that too is, and and I will set the stage too when when we talk about plans. Plans, when I talk to students, is not plans or what are you going to do with the rest of your life. Man, that's just too much stress, too much, just too much. Uh, But you get that right now, right? You're getting close to graduation you got family, friends, parents going, you know, you're about mm-hmm. to graduate. Awesome. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? And of course you start rocking, you know, in your chair <laughs> yeah, yeah. and going, I don't know. So when we say plans or when I think about plans and steps is, you know, what's that goal when you walk across the stage? What's that first step? Mm-hmm. Um, that first opportunity to get into a job or an industry or a career uh, and then, you know, life kind of happens, you know, yeah. then you meet somebody, you move someplace, a buddy told you about an opportunity and it starts to, again, zig and zag and you'll find your way. But I think we all need to set the bar right off the bat is that we're not talking, <laughs> sure. what are you going to do 20, 30 years from now? But yeah, you're coming into that senior year is where are you in those steps? If you missed the freshman, sophomore and junior steps, you know, that, that Zachary just talked about, that's Okay. It is what it is. So how do we start now and how do we move forward? Um, You know, sometimes the plan is, and Zachary mentioned it, you know, grad school. Awesome. You're going to go to grad school. You're getting into that senior year is that fall semester is, you know, is that application process. Mm -hmm. That's usually when they're going to start wanting those applications. So is, you know, connecting with those graduate schools. What are their requirements? What are their deadlines? So, you know, and you have that, you know, those action steps to get that. Um, working on the statement of purpose or pulling that application together. Those are things we can help you here in career services and we'll look at and give you, you know, our opinions on, but is understanding what those are. Uh, did you take the GRE, GMAT, LSAT, wherever your direction is headed? Um, if you haven't, you know, get those things done. But is that's kind of that first step on the grad school side. Um, if grad school you know, is not your plan and you are heading into that career area, the career field or getting into that first job is making sure all those documents are really freshened up, mm-hmm. uh, updated, because uh, you may have worked on it on one of those other steps. Maybe you haven't looked at it since your junior year and that's understandable, but update it to make sure they're fresh and ready to go. But when you start looking for a job, you're usually looking three to six months out. Um, and that seems, you know, crazy sometimes, mm-hmm. but some of those processes take that amount of time and you got to get your name out there and you need to network and all those scary words. Right. <laughs> but that's some of those first kind of steps. Yeah. And that's three to six months out from graduation. Yeah. Out yeah. from graduation. So again, if you're graduating in December, you know, you're starting mm-hmm. this semester, boom, you're, you're starting and you need to be already looking at it. But the reality is if you're graduating in May, Mm-hmm. six months out you're talking december january as everything starts to crank up and that just sometimes seems kind of crazy far out yeah. but sometimes that is the reality and it depends on of course the job and the industry but definitely three months out is man you got to get those applications out get your name out mm-hmm. uh informational interviews networking through linkedin i mean all oh, those things yeah yeah i know something that 
people have different opinions on sometimes would be the amount of jobs to apply to. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know it feels like a lot of work to do one, but you got to do way more than that. So tell us. Yeah, I tell us. Um, I don't know if there's <laughs> what's a... What's the number? What's the number right now? <laughs> Say range. it. Say it. I don't know if there's an exact number, but Tori, I mean, you're exactly right is, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You can't mm-hmm. just put that perfect job and put in one resume or application. Um, you need to start applying for anything that, you know, you think is... Um, valid and that fits kind of what you're interested in i always say don't waste your time or an employer's time mm-hmm. don't apply for something that you know if you get offered you're not going to take it yeah but if there's something of interest throw your hat in the ring and keep throwing your hat in the ring until somebody tells you to stop what i usually mean by that is you know you finally get the perfect job that you want you apply for it heck maybe even you start interviewing for it mm-hmm. a lot of times students just kind of stop the process well what if you know, they had an internal candidate that they decided to go with, or you were the second candidate and, you know, they just didn't choose you. Well, if you stop the process, maybe you've lost a month, a week, two months of active looking. If you're starting an interview and those processes are starting to kick in, awesome. Keep applying, keep interviewing until an employer says, we want you stop right. uh, you know we choose you here's your offer letter yeah we absolutely we choose you because i have i've seen it over yeah. and over again and i'm probably was guilty of it as well is it got excited this is the perfect place i want to see i can't imagine anything else and i lost that momentum i think is probably mm-hmm. more anything else so i wish there was a magic number but i mean you should be sending out i would say part of your first part of your day should be sending out resumes and filling out applications Second half of your day should be networking and talking to people out in the industry and, mm-hmm. and getting your face and name out there because you'll find out about opportunities that, you know, sometimes are never even posted Yeah, because you talk to the right person or they said, oh man, we're not even going to post that position, but you'd be a perfect fit. Let me introduce you to, or send me your resume and I'll take it to our recruiting coordinator. We'll, you know, we'll make some stuff happen. It has to be a little bit of both. Yeah. You make a good point there. And I, you know, it, when I first started looking for a job i don't think that i realized it was so much work it's just about a full-time job to find a job oh yeah absolutely what are some strategies that students can use um you talked about sending out resumes right you talked about applying to all these jobs what are some strategies students can use to keep their sanity during (laughs) that but also stay organized right and Mm, so mm -hmm. also can you talk a little bit about what you mean by send out resumes um i think there's a little bit of a misconception sometimes i know i had this that I should just have one resume and I send it out to everyone and wait until someone, you know, just throw out your line and wait till someone, you know, grabs the bait. But that's not really how it works when you're applying to full-time positions. Right. Yeah. It's not uh, throw, you know, 20 out there, throw them all up against the wall and hope something kind of sticks, which is, I think that when you hear send out your resume, this is what it sounds like. No, you have to, and and you were spot on is finding a full-time job is a full-time job, even when you're still going to class. And mm-hmm. you're still trying to graduate and you're still trying to have a personal life. Uh, it's a, it is a juggle, but, um, every time you apply for a job, you have to target, you have to dial in that resume based off the job description. You have to adjust those resumes and that's a lot of extra work. I get it. Um, you ha- it's called sweat equity. You got to put in that sweat equity. You got to put in that extra time to adjust those based off the job description, based off how you meet the the requirements the needs of that employer when you do that does that guarantee you an interview guarantee you a job no 
Does it increase your chances? Absolutely. And in a competitive world, that's what that is. But also sending out your resume also means networking is connecting with some folks that are out there doing it, living the dream in the industry that you want to do. And you connect with them and they're going to ask to see your resume so they get to know you a little bit. But that is, you know, and and picking their brain going, how did you get from where I am to where you are? What's it like in the day in the life of what do you wish you had known when you were sitting here? You know, and those kind of things that are out there. And they're, they're, you know, when you're talking to people that you don't know and you're asking folks from different industries, it's still awkward, not mm-hmm. natural, doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you do it a little bit, you start to kind of steer the questions a little bit more and you get more comfortable. You realize the first time you talk to somebody about what's it like in their life and their job, people like to talk about themselves and they do like to help if they can but you also realize the first time you do it you didn't die wasn't (laughs) as painful as you thought and oh people like to talk about themselves and they do want to help and it starts to get that momentum but you also start to finally talk eventually maybe to some decision makers that Mm -hmm. are going man perfect you know perfect time or perfect timing uh we're coming out of covid we're starting to ramp back up um and you know we haven't even posted this position but man here's where it is Here's when you apply for it, send me your, you know, send me an email Mm -hmm. saying you applied for it. Cool. I'll go look for your application. Maybe I pull it out. Maybe I look at it, sit it back down. It's on top of the stack. Mm -hmm. You know, those are those, those kind of cool steps. That's so true. I, you're talking about informational interviews Mm -hmm. and how that can, can really equate to something. I was working with a student who desperately wanted to work for MD Anderson. And so she just at first was targeting bobcats who work there Mm -hmm. and, you know, having those informational interviews and then kind of got through all those people, but then continued. And that's how she got her job. She works there now. And it's because she had an informational interview. And at the very end, she was like, you know, how can, you know, can you maybe use someone with my Mm -hmm. skills? And it just so happened that they were about to open a job, you know? And so she applied and she got it, you know, it was like, you yeah. never know. You yeah. never know. Yeah, I always say two questions that come out of an, an informational interview. And when we say informational interview, this is not you got to hang out with me all day. You know, 20, 30 minutes, uh, it's the equivalent of can I buy you a cup of coffee? Can I just hear your story? But those conversations, they're going to ask about you. You're going to ask about them. They're going to get to know you. If it's a fellow Bobcat, you already got something in common. But, you know, two questions that come out of that is first one's you know, networking one on one. Man, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Do you know anybody else good for me to talk to? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I got a buddy. She works over here. Let me introduce you. Great. You rinse and repeat. And you start the process all over again. But exactly, Tori is asking is, do you know anybody that's hiring? Do you know anybody that's looking for somebody like mm-hmm. me? Do you know anybody that you could use my skills? And it gets their wheels turning a little bit. And they're like, you know what? I'm not the person that hires. But man, I know we're always looking for great people. Send me that resume. Let me take it to the HR department or the internship coordinator or whatever. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you got your foot in the door and that's, you know, that's what you're always asking for. It's just that opportunity to, to meet uh, and to interview. So we've applied to, let's say 20, 30 positions, right? Mm -hmm. We've thrown our resume out there. Now we get a call back from an employer about a interview Mm -hmm. and how do we figure out how to prepare for that interview? Right? So I think a big piece of this is, keeping your sanity, staying organized. But as you apply for positions, one of the big things that I tell my students is pull that job description out and put it in a Google Doc so that when you get that interview call, you know which job you're interviewing for, especially for people like me who were interested in many different fields. There are many different areas in which I could go. So it's very important, I think, and Ross, maybe you can speak to this a little bit more, to have an organized job search and not 
a chaotic one. Right? Absolutely. No, I, and I was guilty of this uh, senior year and probably even beyond that <laughs> is uh, all of a sudden you get that follow-up call from an employer and they just say their name real quick and maybe even the name of the company real quick. And they're going, hey, we'd love to meet you. It's going to be on, you know, next Tuesday. We'll see you then. And you're going, great, because you don't want to go, Who's Who are this? you? Who is yeah. this again? And what was the position? Um, and so learn that lesson when to be part of being organized is whatever that means to you. Sure. But yeah, track it and have that list in Excel doc or, or whatever that you can quickly look at the title, look that it's in Houston, Dallas, mm-hmm. Boston, wherever, sure. um, and know what that job title is. So when you get that call is you sound prepared, educated, um, and knowledgeable and not uh, at the very end they hang up and you're like i, I don't even know who that you know who that was <laughs> yeah, sure. i don't even know where i'm supposed to be on tuesday <laughs> so uh organization whatever that means i'm you know people are list people mm-hmm. people are excel people google docs whatever but have a system so that you can access it i have 100 percent and i wish somebody had told me that yeah. senior year because they didn't mm-hmm. and i was i was blasting out different industries different resumes yeah. And you can get lost really quick. Yeah, and absolutely don't rely on um, the internet to keep that document out. A lot of times, oh, yeah. after the once, once they start the the, mm-hmm. um, the interview process, they're going to pull that that posting down. Yep. So please pull it as you apply. Yeah, yeah and that's I carried good advice. It, yeah, I carried it with me. Yeah, a little old school, but just had a running kind of list because I would get I'd be hanging out eating lunch and sure. get a phone call saying, "Hey, here's who I am," and I could at least scan it real quick. And it wasn't the you know the job description with everything but i at least said here's when i applied here's what the job title was where they were located just so that i had Mm -hmm. access to it but that took me a long time to learn and i wish somebody just as simple as this would have said just kind of track that stuff i mean it's not rocket science (laughs) and as soon as somebody tells you you're like duh okay i guess that totally makes sense especially now you can do a google sheet have it on your phone yeah and have it have it right there yep yeah ross so we know a lot of folks do stay in the central Texas area, but we also have a lot of bobcats that want to go to other states. Do you have any advice on how to approach an out-of-state job search? That's a great question. And yeah, I mean, we're a global society, right? There's opportunities kind of wherever you're looking for. And if you, I will say that's another tip as a senior is stay open and flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, is maybe you want to l- work in Texas eventually for the rest of your life, or this is where you want to live. But if you're open and flexible and a job takes you out of state or someplace else and it circles back around and, you know, you may be back in Texas at some point, but the more open and flexible you are is one of the keys. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to beat a, you know, a dead horse kind of scenario, but uh, I am a big believer in LinkedIn and I still mm-hmm. use the alumni side on that. But I start looking out of state and seeing what opportunities are out there. It may give me a connection with somebody that's in that area. Um, You know, you want to make sure on your resume, you know, you don't have to have your address on your resume. I still strongly suggest having like city and state. So Mm -hmm. an employer knows the region you're in. And so those are ways to do it. But if you know you're going to move, so you said, I think you said Boston. Um, If you said (laughs) Boston or wherever uh, and you know that's where you're headed, you know, you can contact and get, an, you know, basically a post office box in there mm. um, and already have that address on your resume. If you know you're going to be there anyway, start looking like you're already there. And those mm-hmm. are those little things that an employer will see is, oh, here's a candidate out of state. Oh, here's somebody that's, you know, in state. Well, I don't have to fly them in or they may be able to get to the interview or whatever. Um, those are those little things. Sometimes they can make a difference. Yeah. Now that's if you really are already planning on moving to a state. Right. If you're looking kind of all different states, 
is look for those opportunities to network and find some folks that are in that area mm-hmm. just to kind of pick their brain a little bit yeah. too. It goes back to informational interviews. So again, I don't want to just keep saying the same tips, but they do work. They There's 167,000, yeah. 168,000 already on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, Probably somebody works at a place <laughs> that you would be, you know, aspire to or you want to move to or has a job title that you're like, oh, man, that would be cool. And just pick their brain. A yeah. Little bit. I know a lot of the times when it is out of state. HR or recruiting professionals might be a little bit more weary. So it's all about just kind of con- communicating that you are truly serious and planning on moving there. So, you know, maybe even in your cover letter saying planning on relocating to Boston you know, with a two weeks notice or something like that, you know, so it's just trying to rest their concerns yeah, before absolutely. they think it for you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. and that's what I always talk about is that cover letter and resume work together. Yeah. You know, they supplement each other. And if you can help that employer connect the dots a little bit, in this case is that you're flexible or you're willing to move or willing to move or you're planning moving mm-hmm. onto that area. Yeah, you've helped um, take off a concern off an employer's list. Mm-hmm. And those are those things that, again, kind of increase your chances and yeah. uh, make you more competitive. Yeah, absolutely. So to kind of wrap this episode up and to wrap our, our summer series mm-hmm. up, I think it's about time that we do a shameless plug for how we can help in career services. <laughs> and who better to give that shameless plug than our new, relatively new, a month and a <laughs> half, right? So our new assistant director for career education. So Ross... Take it away. Take it away. That's no pressure at all. I appreciate that. No, I mean, the idea is we are an office, career services office, located on the fifth floor of the LBJ Student Center, shameless plug, um, that is here to help in that transition from student to professional. So if you are freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, or even an alumni, take advantage of our office you know take advantage of our resources and i'm going to say it before zachary says it um <laughs> what's very unique and i hope all, all the listeners out there have already knows this or have heard this phrase but once a bobcat always a bobcat and what that means as it relates to career services our office here at texas state university is even after you graduate you still can use our services those don't go away you've paid your dues you've paid you know you know those opportunities to to use our resources so five years from now you're in a job and you're all of a sudden transitioning and you haven't looked at your resume in five years. I hope you have. But if you haven't looked at it in five <laughs> years, wait, will career services still help me? Absolutely. That's pretty cool. Not all schools do that. That being said, wherever you are in the process here at Texas State, would we rather visit with you before you walk across that graduation stage? You know, yes, absolutely. Take advantage of it. Even if it's just fresh eyes on your resume, one time, one visit, cool. But a lot of times it's, they build, you know, look at my cover letter, help me with LinkedIn, We'll practice maybe after COVID, but we'll practice handshakes with you if that's what you you know need to do. <laughs> we'll do it. Um, and, but take advantage of those resources. But it's nice to know we're here even after you graduate. And so uses uses and take advantage of it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ross, for all your expertise and um, students. We hope you got a lot out of this summer series. We're going to be back in a few weeks for our fall podcast season. So. You don't get a chance to miss us too much. So, um, but anyways, thank you again, Ross. And thank you, Zachary. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Thanks, Tori. Thanks, Zachary. A Walk Across Texas State is hosted by Tori Graham. Zachary Webb is our producer and editor. Music by Richard Hall. For free resources and additional information about our services, head over to careerservices.txstate.edu and follow us on social media at txstcareers. 
Don't forget to like and subscribe to hear new episodes every other Tuesday each semester. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.